0: Hello, just before we start with today's show, just a little announcement up top that my Melbourne International Comedy Festival show Rainbow Piss is coming back for one night only July 26th at the Northcote Social Club I'm very excited to announce this one-off encore show brought back by popular demand by myself I'm bringing back my Hot trash punk absurdist comedy rainbow piss for at, for one night only at the Northgate Social Club. Stay tuned to this podcast for more details as they emerge, and for more announcements as tickets come on sale, very soon. Subscribe to the Ross Parody Destroys Comedy Patreon on Patreon.com/slash Ross Parody Will Destroy Comedy and. For just $5 you can get bonus podcasts, early access to episodes, and throw in $10 or $20, get on those tiers, you can get some hot behind the scenes content, some hot personal videos if you commission them, t-shirts, stickers, mer- other su- such merchandise, and the whole shebang. All that and more on Patreon.com slash Ross Will Destroy Comedy. Now let's start today's show. Play something. What y'all want to hear? Something sweet. Something uplifting. Something sweet and I've Yeah. Play something yeah. inspiring. Oh, you all want to see my sensitive side. Mm-hmm. Sure yeah. do. Play something fucking inspiring. Alright. <laughs> wow for the night, fuck being polite, I'm going Wow for the night, fuck being on being polite, I'm going. Welcome to the very first episode of the number one premium Spring Breakers podcast, Scarface on repeat. I am your host, Ross Purdy. Ross Purdy Destroys Comedy is Dead as a concept, as we all know, throughout the month of May. To celebrate the release of the Patreon, we're rejigging the show. We decided that a Comedians Interviewing Other Comedians podcast isn't exactly hot and trendy right now. So instead, we're looking towards what other podcasts are doing and just getting onto that trendy train. And right now, what we've done is now rededicated this podcast, rebooted this podcast to the 2013 Harmony Korean film *Spring Breakers* here on this show called *Scarface on Repeat*. A famous line spoken by James Franco's character on uh, uh, on the film *Spring Breakers*. Uh, well, *Spring Breakers* really is. When I look at the filmography of James Franco's career, I mean, to me. This is his, like, Marlon Brando turn. This is him doing his Colonel Kurtz from Apocalypse Now. I think of great, just movie antagonists. I think of Alien. I think of Colonel Kurtz. I think of them too intertwined. And whilst Colonel Kurtz had that famous line, the horror, the horror, Alien has that famous line, Scarface on repeat, which I think is just... Says everything that you need to know about James Franco's, uh, alien character. Uh, when he, uh, during the scene where he lists all the, uh, glamorous, uh, excess that he lives in toward, toward the, to the girls, to the titular Spring Breakers. And he has the films, the Brian De Palma film, Scarface, on a TV, uh, on repeat. Constant constant y'all is what he repeats. And that's just that the whole scene is just a scene that will go down in sim- cinematic history. Uh, but the whole film Spring Bakers is, is itself worthy of a podcast dedicated to it. I think you can get a good sort of 50 or so episodes just having a look back at the production, at the filmography of the actors within the film. Harmony Korine himself—I mean, getting banned from David Letterman after trying to steal money from Merle Streep's handbag backstage to get some good old-fashioned crack money. Look it up; that's an actual thing he did, and that inspired him to go on and make *Spring Breakers*. And how everything Harmony Korine did led to this—the this statue of David. Of a film. But let's go back to the start. What is Spring Breakers about? You know when when it first came out. When the marketing first came out. You see these. You see these young women. Clad in bikinis. Getting up to no good. Getting up to crime. And then you have. You have the Selena Gomez. and And the Vanessa Hutchinson. And you just look at that and go. These are Disney stars, what are they doing like this? Oh no, they're not those innocent girls we grew up with on Disney TV anymore. But the film is just much more than that. It's much more than just Disney actors trying to break free of their clean cut image by appearing in a film where they're in a bikini for 90% of the film. It's really just... A dissection, as well as maybe an indictment of like, this type of vapid, shallow, just spring break party culture. That, you could accuse the film itself of being maybe a bit misogynistic, but isn't the film itself just an indictment of the very misogyny that it's actually wallowing in and forcing you to watch? Think about that. Think about that. And how many Korean thought about that? He thought about that hard. Long and hard. For many years. After he got banned from being on David Letterman. For trying to steal crack money from Meryl Streep's handbag. Look it up. It's real. It happened. So we start off the film. Spring Breakers. Where do we start off? Teenage, teenage, girls, the teenage girls. They're teenage girls. They're in high school. They're... Or they're in college, I can't remember. Pretty sure it's college, actually. That makes more sense. So they're in college, and they're about to hit that sort of, that end of semester break, and I'm about to go on that uh, all-American rite of passage of spring break. But the character, played by Selena Gomez, um... Who's a good Christian girl? Isn't so sure about going on spring break. Or she's excited, but but they got no money. They got no money to go on this to spring break. And Selena Gomez is a good, clean Christian girl. She goes to a Bible study class. Her name is Faith. Now, in case you didn't catch the many subtleties, of Harmony Corinne's um, Harm- screenplay, and just the many layers of the onion of this film. Selena Gomez is a good, clean-cut, Christian girl whose name is Faith. Now, <laughs> it took me, like, at least 20, 20, 20-plus Viewings of the film to like understand that I'm like whoa whoa Because people who are Christian and are very religious often have faith Faith the character has faith and that just just shocked my mind that just that blew That blew the waddle inside my head socket. That was crazy So she's the good clean-cut One and her friends they can't afford to go to spring break. So what they do is They rob a convenience store They rob a convenience store because they need to experience the all-american rite of passage that is spring break and Wallow in the misogyny of that culture that the film Kind of shoves down our throat, but it's an indictment unsaid misogyny, so remember that. So when, when the camera lingers on young, nubile, young women in bikinis, the film's saying it's a bad thing. So just remember that. Just remember that when you're trying to suppress that erection, that you should be doing that, because it's actually an indictment on that sort of thing, and it's actually quite, 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 quite feminist what Harmony Corinne's doing, and he is quite feminist as a man whose name is Harmony, and and Harmony Corinne wasn't in such harmony when he was in such a bad drug-addled shape. He tried to go backstage on David Letterman and steal crack money from Meryl Streep's handbag, got him banned. Look it up. So, what convinces these girls that robbing a convenience store is a good idea? They just pretend it's a video game. One friend says to the other friend, just pretend it's a video game. And that's what like drives them over the line to, to commit a robbery in order to afford going to spring break. Just the many layers of like indictment on our society and how many Corinne is putting in. Video games have just made everything so, just so uh, Detaching from uh, when people look at the world They just become so desensitized to everything and just feel detached Feel detached from regular life to the point Where even just pretending that life is a video game You can easily commit the amoral acts that are absolutely fine to do in a video game in fact they will score you points. And in this case, they, these girls, they scored points. They scored money points. Which afforded them to go to spring break. <laughs> so, Faith wasn't a part of this. And she wasn't necessarily a big fan of that. But these other girls, they're getting corrupted slowly but surely. Such is just a. Uh, Labyrinthian tale that Harmony Corinne spins in the twenty thirteen film Spring Breakers. Okay, we skip over. It's officially now Spring Break. They're on Spring Break. There's a bunch of party sequences. Uh there's a show on where uh James Franco is then introduced as uh alien. Just, uh, just a white just a white uh just a white boy uh, wigger type. Uh, very much based on a man he's, uh, James Franco says is dangerous. But, Riff Raff says it's him, but James Franco, he comes on, he's alien, he's from another planet. And that's the subtext of that, he's from another planet. And so he's got the grills, he's got the cornrows, he's kind of got the Hawaiian shirt. He does a show, it's banging, it's a banging show, that's where we're introduced to him. So, the girls, they get more and more corrupted. Um, until eventually, they're all arrested, and they have to face court. But, they face court in their bikinis. And what does that say about the misogynistic culture that we live in? Because, even the judge and the jury system look at these women as nothing more than just sexual pieces of meat. If they were men, they would, be given, they would be given time to put on a change of clothes that's a bit more formal for a court appearance. But, since these are young, attractive young women, they are forced to stay in their bikinis while appearing before a judge. Who's, who's meant to be just uh, a very f- formal, a very formal, uh, just a uh, uh, beacon of the law. Forced to appear in front of their bikinis and just the statement of the misogyny just Just complacent within our culture growing and festering like a sort of Tumor and so James Franco, he sees the girls are in a bit of trouble He bails them out and see this is where a film Takes the the turn This is where the film takes the turn You see you're wondering Okay, why? Why, does, uh, why does Alien care this much about these people he's never met before? Why does he want to bail them out? Faith thinks the same thing. Faith thinks, why is this guy so interested? And so these girls get drawn into this world of crime that Alien resides in. Now, Alien, when he raps about slinging dope and being a gangster on the streets, this dude is a gangster. He's a gangster and gets caught up in a whole bunch of shit. And the girls, the the same girls that were all about doing a robbery before, because it was like a video game, they get into it. They get into this lifestyle and they follow around. And then, boom! the competing gangster that is uh butting heads with alien is a man played by gucci Mane. gucci Mane, a gangster rapper who ha- who has served prison time so in undoubtedly undoubtedly gave harmony corinne just a bunch of just like consulting notes on like what the lifestyle is like what the what the crime lifestyle is like and Clearly was given a lot of uh, leeway to improvise, especially later on um, So there's a bit of a confrontation uh, Between, uh, you know, there's a drive-by shooting. One of the girls gets shot um, Oh, shit's getting real now. Shit is getting real now And Faith is losing her faith and wants to go home and she she literally goes on a bus and leaves the film And there's a good maybe like 20, 30 minutes left in this film. And Selena Gomez is gone. She's out of here. Harmony Corinne doesn't care about your film convention. Where one of the biggest stars of the film arguably is Selena Gomez. But she goes. She leaves. Just for 20, 30 minutes. She leaves like maybe at the end of the second act. If you can even say that Spring Breakers is conventional enough mind-blowing enough to even follow a, a free act structure she's gone she's out of there and what we are left with is the three girls who get more and more into the life of crime and then there's a montage set to every time by Britney Spears crazy stuff not the song crazy by Britney Spears the song every time this is preluded by a scene where the girls uh, see Alien playing on a piano and they're wearing pink balaclava and just they see him everything kind of just looks pink the whole film looks pink and they ask Alien to play something great and Alien this hardened gangster he knows about a little little angel on this earth by the name of Britney Spears angel on the surf if there ever was one so he sings the song then it leads to the actual song being played for non- the die-ge- non diegetic music becomes diegetic or whichever way it goes and then there's a montage set to it where the girls are just an alien are just uh, they're robbing people, they're beating people, they're aiming guns at people and just when you think of the juxtaposition in terms of like the loss of innocence of these girls and this art- this artifact of their once innocent selves They would love something as pure as every time era Britney Spears. It just says so much about our culture. It says so much about our culture. In a way, it says so much about Britney Spears. How she, in a way, lost her innocence. Because her father got her into stuff that she wasn't all about, but she was exploited. Am I saying Harmony Corinne inspired for documentary framing Britney Spears? (laughs) Aha. Uh, Let me tell you I am saying that I am most definitely saying that so That happens the girls they're, they're losing their innocence Yada 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 There's a there's gonna be a big sort of blowout at Gucci Mane's mansion They're gonna take down Gucci Mane once and for all and Gucci Mane This is where he really gets to like improvise He has the sex scene with a woman who's just on top of him when he's in bed, and he's talking about how well, what she's doing is, it's like a, it's like paint strokes. How she gyrates sexually is a lot like paint strokes, and she's like their sex is like they're painting a painting. And it's very clear that Gucci Mane just got to improvise a lot there, and he probably like, wouldn't do the film without that scene being put in there. And well, let me tell you, such is the collaboration that Harmony Korine has with his actors. He allowed Gucci Mane to do that and quite honestly made the film better. I felt like I understood Ju- Gucci Mane's character much more after watching that scene. Just before Alien gets shot and then oh and also one of the other girls has left and now we're just left with Vanessa Hutchins in it and the other one uh, Ashley Benson. Not the one that's like Harmony Corinne's partner who was shot earlier. She leaves later But yeah, they, 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 um, they were gonna, it's too much for them, they're gonna do this one thing, then they're gonna leave, and then assumedly, they're just gonna go back to their regular old lives, and just, go back to the way things were. And that happens, and then boom, we have that song by Ellie Goulding play, not the, love me like you do one, this was years before that, this is the lights song, the lights, the lights that stop me, Da, da, da. and that's it that's the song that's that's the movie and when I just go through all of that right now you'll see why this film needs a full-on investigative nostalgified just deep dive into that the film now what and you and you'll see that and that Harmony Corin he's like this is his magnum opus. Now let's go back. Let's go back. Why did Harmony Korine make this film in the first place? Uh, apparently, just to kind of make up for his own lack of uh, living in ex- excess during spring break. Apparently, because he because his attempted robbery of of Mel Street, <laughs> attempted burglary of ro- Mel Street, wasn't during actual spring break. It was, I guess, during rating sweeps or something. I don't know. And that's and that's the film. That's the reason why for the film, because Harmony Corinne wanted to live vicariously. So, kind of begs the question, is this film really an indictment of misogyny? Or is it actually just wallowing in misogyny and it's just some guy, 40 year old guy, just whacking off. He's just sexually whacking off, but pretending it's an intellectual whacking off. Now it might seem that way. With me revealing that he did the film just to sort of make up for his own lack of living it up for Spring Break. Because he was kind of a nerdy kid. But no. It can be all of the above. Because why can't it be? Art can be all things all the time. And James Franco himself never turns in a better performance than he does in Spring Breakers. Except maybe in the interview. Where, in a way, you can tell that his character in the interview was, in a a way, inspired by his turn as Alien. Now let's talk a bit more about Alien. Who really is... the standout character of the film. Especially that monologue, where he shows off, like... how rich, and how great he's got it. He's got shurikens. He's got Seltzer Blue. He smells nice. He smells nice. He's got nunchucks. He's got fucking swords. He's got a he's got a, a bed that's not even just a bed. It's a, it's a spaceship. It's a spaceship, he calls it. He goes to different planets on that thing. And also, of course, he has a TV that constantly plays Scarface over and over again. Imagine this guy. This guy is so deep within the... So deep within the gangster lifestyle. Has to watch a film. One of the most notorious and famous films. About a gangster. Scarface. Over and over again. Just assumedly. Just to, just, to, just to kind of like. Bulk him up a bit. Just get him all jacked up. And honestly. You, you think maybe he could stop once in a while. Maybe watch Snow Dogs instead. No. Scarface on repeat. Constant constant y'all what this what would snow dogs even do to inspire you to fully live out your gangster lifestyle nothing it's just about a guy racing snow dogs whilst Scarface was slinging proverbial snow dogs and that's not an actual like slang term for cocaine but it should be I, I think it should be and when you just dis- decipher and just dissect him in relation to all the other characters in the film. When like, he has that famous scene where Vanessa Hutchins and Al- a- Ashley Benson, you know, there's, there's, tension, there's a sexual tension between the three of them. And, and they stick a gun inside Aliens mouth and he kind of fellates it like it's a penis. What does that say just about his relationship with these girls? And just, what does it say about just society's relationship with women in general? When even when women are angry and they're putting a gun inside our mouths, we can't help but turn it into something sexual. Because that's all we see them as. Because we're disgusting and depraved. And that's what Harmony Korine is trying to say. That we live, just, we live in an, an awful uh, patriarchal society. And that's just what Harmony Corinne is just doing with this film. He's, he's indicting this patriarchy as hard as he can by having his female protagonists be in the bikinis 90% of the time, especially in a courtroom, the one place where you, you would think being in a bikini would be very inappropriate. At this point, Harmony Corinne was just playing 3D chess with just our brains. In our head sockets, just wallering it around like a soccer ball. And let me tell you, I like it. I like it a lot. I'm a fan. I'm a big ass mother effin' fan of that. No, I'm a big fan of that action. Keep playing with my head like a soccer ball. Harmony Corinne. What was his next film after this? Beach Bum. Blech. Beach Bum hits a bum note if you ask me doesn't match just the masterpiece levels of uh, of, uh, of uh, Spring Breakers. And even the studio was like, we need to get more of that Spring Breakers action. And we're wanting to do it like a directed DVD sequel uh, that involved nuns. That was directed by the guy that directs all those Lady Gaga music videos. But James Franco and all the rest, they were not in the film. Oh, they weren't gonna be in it. And so Franco denounces it and says this ain't no real Spring Breakers sequel. I would only endorse this if this were real 100% Harmony Korean back Spring Breakers. So even Hollywood needed Spring Breakers so badly that they would try and take it. No matter how tenuous for Link as much as they can. And mind you this won't have been like what three or four years ago or something. where They were planning this clearly has not come to fruition the Lady Gaga music video guy has just is just continuing to make um, music videos for Lady Gaga as he should be because when I watch something like telephone I'm like okay yeah sure I mean Beyonce sure is feeding Lady Gaga uh, like a sandwich and yeah they sure are poisoning people and then dancing around and stuff but it, it's not spring breakers doesn't make me think about just the way society is shaped and how it'll, it allows ourselves to just wallow in this disgusting over the top hypersexualized excess and just glamorizes crime life to the point where you'll rob a, a store to get some money because you just pretend that it's like a video game isn't that at the end of the day what we learn from spring breakers and that's what I hope to detail each and every single week on Scarface On Repeat, the only Spring Breakers podcast a deep dive on the film Spring Breakers, where each and every week I will just run through the film and just talk about its impact and how the Lady Gaga music video guy was going to direct a sequel that had a very tenuous link. And it was actually going to be about uh, Harmony Corinne Uh, Going backstage on Letterman trying to steal money from Meryl Streep to fund his crack habit. It's a real thing. Look it up Subscribe to iTunes, Spotify Look up Scarface on repeat and I hope you have Scarface on repeat constant constant y'all